Minding your own business, helping businesses overcome problems and improve performance with Graham Knight and Richard Forkan. So podcast number nine, Graham, KPIs, key performance indicators, strikes fear into the hearts of employees because they think it's there to trip them up. But it's it's two, two way really, isn't it? KPIs for metrics for performance of people, which we'll come on to in a minute, but firstly for performance of a business in terms of a business. So by that, I mean finance, marketing, you know, what's it all doing? What are the trends? What are the trajectories? Useful tool, I think. Yeah, I think um, it comes back to the, the sort of famous phrase about whatever you measure gets better. So it's trying to provide a, a dashboard at the top of the business into which all the different information data sets then report up into so that you can start to see through a sort of traffic light system or graphs any way that can be presented information in, in an easier digestible form so you can understand what's getting better what's not getting better uh, and the correlation between different things as well so you can look at percentage differences and things and compare those year on year so you can see whether this year we're performing better than next year so this could include things like finance so profit and loss is an obvious one but all the key things in finance around and gross profit, net profit, percentage net profit, year-on-year tracking, all those things should be done within the year because that's your fiscal year and therefore you would have set budgets and targets against that. So you can see on a monthly basis how you're comparing against where you thought you would be. But then also maybe to widen that up a bit and to look at trends over a period of time, maybe 25 months, because then you can look at the last month and then the 12 months previous to that, 12 months previous to that. So if there's any seasonal variations, you can immediately see whether that month was better than the previous, same month, the previous year and, and the year before that. So that, that you can trend over time, which gives you a pretty clear indication as to your sort of direction of travel. So if, if the revenues are going up, then they probably are because over 25 months, that's what it says, even though they would vary widely month on month. But overall, if the trend is upwards, that's good using trend lines at Excel. Um, and equally, things that are coming down might be good, like the percentage overheads to turnover or people cost turnover and things like that. So by measuring these different metrics on the finances, you can get a, a, a firmer feeling as to whether the business is performing in the way that you expected it to. And that's about driving informed decisions, isn't it? So most board meetings you'll have, you know, however many directors sitting around a table and they'll be hopefully making decisions about what to do with the business. And it's so important to have data that will tell you what's actually happening under the covers and give you, as you just said, trends over time with as many metrics as you can find, basically, so that you can tell what you need to do to get yourself back on track. And what you didn't mention there is, is budgeting with, with metrics. So if, you've, yeah. if you need to be deciding what you want to track so that you can pay yourself to it, and then when you know, by doing that, you'll know when you're veering away from whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And it's, it's so common, isn't it, to see businesses who are just sort of doing what they do every day and hoping for a good result at the end of the year and, and leaving a lot to chance, really. And if, if you can keep on, on top of this type of information, you can get to problems very quickly and, and not let them surprise you after the event. But it's Well, the, pro the problem is um, I think most 
businesses from a profit and loss point of view obviously that's always looking backwards so that will always tell you where you've come from but it doesn't tell you where you're going so you need a balance between that retrospective look which is what the accounts tell you and a sort of forward trajectory as to if you follow that line where you're going to end up in six months time because if you don't like where that is you've got some time to change what what the information is telling you so that you don't end up where you're going to end up so it's it's, it's all about trying to um to use the data to to learn from the past because you can't change that but then change the future because you, you, you can influence that so as well as finances obviously that's important but there's other uh, metrics in the business like um marketing for example so if you're doing various activities various campaigns then how do you measure the success of those so people measure number of leads coming in for example and how many leads turn into prospects which then maybe requires a quote and then how many quotes you've done in the month so by value and by number so you can say an average quote size and then how many of those you win and how many you don't win uh, how many still open at the end of the month so you, you start to get a trend for the the different gates that leads have to go through before they convert to a client it's so important for a business to do that and I'd, and you know, I'm sure you're the same. I come across so many businesses where marketing's sort of treated as a bit of a, a mysterious art where you pump money into it and hopefully it's doing some good, but you don't ever really know. Yeah. But it's, it is quite simple to be able to measure those things you just mentioned and you know, what are we putting in and what's coming out at the end of the sausage machine? Is it is it worth having or isn't it? And how do we steer it to get a better result? Yeah, I mean, if, 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 you, if, you, if you're targeting the business on 100K a month, um, and you need to convert 100k a month to replace the 100k that you've just invoiced the previous month. So if you work on on a metric, you understand how much you need to have in the funnel in the yeah. pipeline to convert this many to quotes, and then that many. Yeah. And, and you've got a choice. Then you can either increase the funnel size by spending more money on marketing if you're convinced that that extra cost is going to get you extra return, yeah. or improve your conversion at each of the gates because if you start to convert you know, one in five as opposed to one in 10, yep. then then you'll start to see the numbers change without spending any more money on marketing. Absolutely. But without the information, you don't know which, what you need to fix, you know, to, to, to improve the situation. So finance is an obvious one. Marketing, we just covered there. Sales, a lot of the things you just covered were, were sales and marketing. So right the way up the top of the funnel how much prospecting are you doing how many prospects are you talking to yeah and it could be well, what, you know, why do you win i mean you know that sort of thing some some of that's subjective sometimes people will always tell you but sometimes you have to ask you can say yeah. well we're very pleased to one why did you choose us um and some clients don't ask that question because they don't want the client to change their mind yeah. um, but actually um, knowing why you know that they they means that when they do other quotes, they can maybe pick up on that. Yeah. You know, maybe they thought the easier the business was more responsive or that they more enjoyed the people that they met or yeah. were more convinced they could deliver it. But but then if you make that more of your proposition when you're pitching for new business, and equally, if you find out why you lost, um, then the same would apply, is that maybe you didn't present the best foot forwards. Maybe you should have presented the proposition a slightly different way or showing how that cost was going to get a return or however and where you do it. Because if people weren't convinced, maybe the next person will be convinced. So that analysis helps you, you know, do more of what you're good at and less of what you're not. And it allows you to try things as well. Sales is, is, you know, a lot of people will, will disagree, but I think sales is definitely a numbers game. And however, however good you are at it will just improve your ratios. So if you're 
talking of 15 prospects for every one conversion to a proposal for every four conversions of proposals you get a sale for instance the better you are at it the narrower your your, your um, conversion rates will become and the more, the better at it you'll be and the more money you'll make but it will always be numbers and if you're monitoring the numbers and the ratios you can see if you're getting better or you're getting worse yeah you compare different types of approach one approach has a better set of ratios than another set of another type of approach so it's definitely worth monitoring them just just before we leave that on sales if you look at why you didn't win sometimes it's because you could have done something right at the very beginning to qualify that person out yeah and maybe we didn't ask them what their budget was yeah maybe we didn't ask precisely what the brief was yeah and so so you spend all that time in terms of pitching a quote attending the interviews when really they were never your target audience. You're selling the wrong they, answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so so it's all about analysis to see what you need to change. And yeah. so maybe it's as simple as the sales initiation qualification process yeah. needs to change and that would improve your conversion. Yeah. Because you've qualified out or you filtered out some of the ones that previously you would have gone along the journey with, only to find that you were going to fail at the end. I mean you could have made that decision right at the very beginning of the um you know, the lead lead coming in is that this is not what we're here to do. This is not our target market. Yeah. This is not the type of business we want. Therefore we need to qualify this out sooner and not yeah. spend time unnecessarily on this. Yeah. The, the the easier part of a business, I suppose, for KPIs is delivery and production. You know, numbers, output, speed of output, <clears throat> output per week, per per day, per hour or whatever. Yeah. And that's that's worth monitoring to see if it can be improved. Is it improving? Is it getting worse? But quite yeah. simple. Again, simple. you can put metrics around that. I mean, for delivery, sometimes on a professional services <coughs> business, it's people utilisation. Yeah. So there may be a 60% target. So three days a week, people should be earning money. The yeah. other two days a week, they should be helping to sales effort or doing something else and investing in the business some other way. Um, so people utilisation is important. But, but again, with production, it's about how much you're generating through the plant infrastructure that you have how much setup time you're spending whether you can make the um, the factory time more efficient uh, so you yeah. can get more throughput for example by maybe changing the production to do it in a different way and spending all day on these types of things another day on these something to avoid the setup and the sort of constant sort of churn sometimes it happens where you have to take the, the factory um tools off and then you put different tools on and then go through the setup process because all of that is, is dead time essentially that you're not earning revenue so like all these things the more you measure these different elements the more you can convince yourself that your 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 general performance overall in the business is is getting better um, so you're getting what they call better bang for your buck or better um, return on the investment that you've made in plant or infrastructure or machinery or so on there's lots of tools out there now that will allow you to to dig out this data to measure that, that certainly weren't there 10 years ago you know maybe even not five in the sophistication they are now things like power bi and click that will allow you to mix data from maybe an hr system and a crm and an accountancy system and mix it into a dashboard to monitor what your business is doing so there really is no excuse really but from not not monitoring as many different points of your business as you can and, and looking for trends and comparing them to the last year and looking for ways of getting the trends to go upwards and, and improve productivity and improve output and conversion rates and things. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, most small businesses 
grow over time. So they have a CRM system, maybe, then they may have an ERP system, then they've got Zero or Sage or QuickBooks in the accounting system. So all these end up being islands of information, all of which need maintenance because the customer information has to be shared on all of them, for example. So when you get a bit bigger, you have to start to see how you can start to harmonize that infrastructure. So that and Power BI, as you're saying, Click is just a means of tapping into those applications and hoovering out the data through an API or something and then presenting the data you know, cohesively at the sort of top of the business so you can see what's actually happening in, in the business. Um, and, and as you say, that wasn't there previously, but it'd be, the, the better you're able to do that, the more informed the decision-making would be. One of the, the issues with KPIs is is getting staff to buy into the, the use of them. If you go into sales team, they'll tend to have been bought up using KPIs because sales is generally driven by numbers. Yeah. You go into other areas of a business and you mention KPIs, you tend to get people being a little bit negative, thinking that, you know, it's just checking up on them. And so it's very important that when you put measurements like this into a business, you do it in a way that presents them as a positive tool and not a negative tool. And when you get the output, you present that as these are the good things I've learned from from these measurements and, and not highlighting the bad things, which inevitably you will find. Yeah. So I think it's a lot down to, to management technique and capability, getting these things into a business and getting them to work without damaging morale or, or, or getting into sort of conflicts with, with staff who might see them as a bit of a threat. Well, instinctively, people will see them, certainly with timesheets, which is the obvious one, with, a, yeah. with any people business, invariably people ask to fill in timesheets. And there's always going to be a reluctance to do that for the reasons you mentioned, is yeah. that people think they're being measured... But without knowing how people are spending their time, then how do you know how effective you know, we're being across the patch? Or how do you compare this person with this person in terms of throughput and things? So, yeah. so I'm afraid it's it's a necessary evil that we have to have. And then it's a cultural thing as to how you use that data yeah. as to whether people are threatened by that or not. If if it's if it's done in a way that that is very demanding that they have to hit certain targets, then of course. Then, then that will be the reception to to the one ones you have with people. But it needn't be like that. It's more about almost helping them use their time more effectively. If you can, if you can switch it into making an employee life easier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, just present the positives all the time. Make your life easier. Make your job simpler. Get more output from what you're doing. Achieve more, and get everybody who own them. Then you can you can really get them to turbocharge a business. But if it's implemented the wrong way around, you, you know it can really be a downer and a negative on on what the way staff perceive them to be in the business. Yeah, I I, I mean even this morning I had an email from a client and um and they're making the same point is it, they, they still struggle with getting people to fill in their timesheets on time. It's, it seems to be something that people are naturally reluctant to do. And and so you have to be sensitive to that because otherwise it's perceived for all the wrong reasons as to why, why you're doing it. Yeah, I've, I've seen, um, again, in sales, league tables are, are, are a very common thing, you know, top salesman of the month, yeah. top salesman of the corner. But you, you, you put that into other areas of the business and people do shy away of it, away from it. And I, I think it's down to the type of people that are in different areas of the business as well. So you tend to get salespeople want to be competitive and want to you know prove themselves to be the best and maybe in other areas of the business people are much more interested in just you know being a little bit more introverted i suppose and you know get on with their job and 
and and you know not not have the spotlight on them. So you need you need to think about where you're using them and and who you're using them with or what area of the business you're using them in and and maybe adapt how they're implemented and what you do with the output. You know, again, KPIs can be used in private with people. They don't have to be publicised. You know, some areas publicise them, some areas don't. But it really needs to be thought about and planned and and, and done carefully. Otherwise, it can, can be a, a negative. Yep. And how do you motivate more people in the team? I mean, you can have a good um, salesperson, but if, if they're dominant, then other people will necessarily say, well, I can't compete with this person because they are always going to be the top. And so they won't try. So it's how do you motivate the other people in the team to try and up their game, yeah. even though it may not be as good as a, as, a, as a top person, but across the team, if, the, if you can. So sometimes these things are good because, as you say, they create competition. Sometimes that's healthy. Sometimes it can be unhealthy because it actually suppresses everybody else from up in their game a bit. So they, they always have to be used with an element of caution. Um, yeah. But but more of it is, I think it's cultural. It's it's how it, how you actually talk to people about them and how you're using the information to in a way that helps the business overall, rather than being to sort of penalise any particular individual's Absolutely. performance. Yeah. Use them as a tool to to generate improvements. Yeah, and generate yeah. benefit. But at the same time, I think one, one other last thing is that, um, that there's this other saying about paralysis to analysis, which is also quite important. If the time that it takes to get all this data and scrape the data and put it into becomes self-competing um, in the sense that it just takes too long to get the information together, then then that's not good either. So as, as you mentioned, Power BI and Click, and there are other tools as well, which, which can be used to try to summarise that information without having to spend hours and hours and hours generating information before a, a board meeting or a monthly management meeting. Definitely. Then it's going to be taken on with... with um, more acceptance than if you if you make it too difficult for people to actually generate all this information because it's too manual, then you you're probably starting to see that the um, return is is not as as high as it should be given the investment that people are making to to try and generate it all. I think we'll probably be covering some of those um, those tools and ways of of um, using infrastructure in a business to gain advantage in our next podcast, yeah. which is yeah. the last in the series, I think, which is number ten. Okay. To get all the episodes of Minding Your Own Business automatically on your favorite podcast app, just click follow or subscribe.